Welcome to Mistakes Were Made, a podcast about non-monogamy for messy people like us. I'm Sarah, a queer therapist, writer, and journalist, excited for today's topic. And I'm her husband, Alex, a communications professional and educator. And I'm Jessica, podcast producer and resident monogamist. And today we're talking about a true technological marvel, a wonder of modern life that has changed the way that we live, laugh, (laughs) and love. We're talking about dating apps. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, early to bed, early to rise makes a woman healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's why you're wiser than me. It's Stephen. Hi, I'm Maurice. I'm an executive by day and a wild man by night. Hi, my name's Monroe. Uh, You've probably already noticed that I have incredibly blue eyes. Hi, my name is Phil. Uh, Most of my friends call me Big Phil. Okay, Um, I like to talk to people uh, deep into the night. Hi, my name's Mike, and if you're sitting there watching this tape smoking your cigarette, well, hit the fast-forward button, because I don't smoke and I don't like people who do smoke. I'm not afraid to get sand on my tuxedo if you're not afraid to let the wind mess your hair up a little bit when I take the top down. Perhaps even a a nice bath with some champagne and candles. Hi, Mom. (laughs) Um, I do fashion photography, and I do consider myself a refined valley dude. Okay. I'm looking for a trendy girl with a simple smile. Wait, it says here, oh, excuse me. I'm looking for the goddess. Are you the goddess? Who is the goddess? The goddess is the woman, is a woman, is any woman, is all women. Oh my God. So Sarah, have you uh, met any of those guys on the apps? All of them. Yeah, Every single one. That's from the 80s? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh And it's like other than the sort of like 80s accents or whatever. Uh, yeah, were those 80s accents? I, don't, I guess that's the way people talked yeah. the decade that Amazing. I was born. I, um, I'm bringing it back. I want one of those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, every single one of those guys is on OkCupid right now. Right Amazing. Now. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, wow. That's... That's good stuff. But that's uh, it. That's our podcast, everyone. Yeah. We just, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to play you that clip. Everybody's heads that's explode. All I, that's all I have to say. Mic drop. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So today we're talking about dating apps, and I guess they haven't been around forever. Before that, there was uh, personal ads and video personal ads. Um, and it's nice to know that some things never change, and just the, <laughs> the spirit of. I guess what is the word I'm looking for? Like just the feeling of the raw humanity on display remains the same, mm-hmm. no matter the medium or the decade. <laughs> yes, I like that. That's a more compassionate yes, approach than just laughing at those four guys who are now. Who I'm sure mm-hmm. all have found love yeah. and um, are deep in their sunset years enjoying it. Yes, or in side-by-side burial plots with the people that they fell in love with. Yeah. Just to call back to my favorite theme of this podcast. <laughs> Coffins. Death. Death, yeah. <laughs> Next time we need to update the logo for the show. Side by yeah. side burial plots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, as, we, as we've been saying, we can take anything that's supposed to be sexy and turn it into something morbid, morbid or yeah. overly intellectual. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, weirdly, I mean, like, they've been around for a long time, different ways of, like, meeting people other than meeting them 
on the street or whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, you and I are kind of weirdos in that we only first started experiencing the wonder of online dating in our like early 40s or late 30s, right? Yep, that's right. I made my first dating profile when I was 40 years old. And what a profile it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm curious to ask you guys a little bit about that because, you know, I was on the apps off and on for many years in my 30s, I guess, maybe also in my late 20s. Um, and, well, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it, but maybe we'll get to that later on in the podcast. And I do know, like, I can see now that like the experience of kind of vicariously like looking over your friend's shoulder while they swipe mm-hmm. through on the apps is like so fun. So fun. We definitely used to do that like when I was dating and you guys were just... I used to beg you to let me do that. Right. <laughs> you did. And I mean, it made it a lot more fun for me, yeah. honestly. And you always have great date ideas, if I may say. So thanks for helping me with my dating life. But God, I always really imagined that that would be more currency than it actually is in the dating world. Yeah. Uh, like so many good date ideas. Mm, like for what to do on a yeah. date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nobody cares nobody. as much as I thought they would. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> Netflix and chill. That's all anybody wants to Very do. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, so having been a Tinder co-pilot for many years, what were you kind of expecting when you went on the dating apps? Were you like, I know what's going to happen, and it's going to be so fun, I, finally. I was so excited. I know. Because I, know, I thought, like, um, I mean, because I'd become aware of it as a thing, I guess, in this, you know, in the time that I was in a monogamous relationship, and, like, it just made you sort of feel like like looking over the... I, never, I don't think I ever looked over a man's shoulders at dating apps, but I definitely, like, looked at yours a time or two, Jessica, and it was just, like... Oh, there's just like so many people out there and you just get to like choose which one of them you want to make an authentic connection with or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, I think for me, I just thought I just thought it all seemed so interesting and everyone seemed interesting and I imagined mm-hmm. everyone would think I was interesting and uh, I was excited maybe for different reasons, but I had always really enjoyed meeting new people yeah. um, under almost any circumstances. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is just like an opportunity to be constantly meeting new people. One mm-hmm. of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I, I agree. That's how I felt too. And I, it, was, it felt like kind of, not like competitive with other people, but like sort of competitive with myself. And it felt like very hard also. Which I'm realizing in retrospect was in part because it was the middle of a global pandemic and everybody was scared of dying of COVID. Right. And we were just like, woo, online dating. This is so exciting. And most other people were not in that same place. Fair enough. Although one thing I will say about that is I think maybe it helped a little bit because you only ended up meeting up with people where there was like, some real motivation on either side to make that happen. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It's like, it felt like if you got to the point where you're having one of those like COVID walks in the park, there was some good material there and you already knew it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't just, you know, people just wouldn't do uh, whatever with somebody that they didn't necessarily care about. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Everyone seemed interesting. I thought everyone would think I was interesting. I thought everybody would love my interesting date ideas. 
Mm -hmm. That was me in the beginning for the first four weeks. <laughs> yeah. I think I lasted a little longer being excited about it um, in part because it was sort of like, I definitely like got and maybe kind of still have like a, um, like a sort of addictive, like, like, you know, like though, like I got like a, a, like dopamine release when I would like see the little notification yeah. from the logo of the app or whatever in a way that's kind of sad, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was just like, Ooh, an okay Cupid notification. Like I'm so excited or like a little tender flame. I'm so excited about like what this potentially could be. Yeah. Um, I think that also has to do with just like how people interact with stuff online. I, yeah. I have always been the type of person that kind of has to talk myself into going to, onto social media. Right. Like, it's a, it's always a mixed bag for me. Like it's as likely to make me feel bad as good. Kinda. Yeah. And there's a reason that stuff works like from a, you know, like whatever design psychology perspective. And it's not just true for dating apps. It's true for like, it's the random reward yeah. thing is like a thing that they talk about. And I think in probably in product design and also in psychology that like, if you don't know when something nice is going to happen, it only has to be a little tiny bit nice and it will like hook you on it. Yeah, you that's know, really just like waiting for that to happen. Yeah, and I think similarly, or my own version of that was every time there was a connection or there was a match or something, I'm like, ah, oh, this is really important. I need mm -hmm. to like pursue this and make this happen. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, this, this is meaningful. Right, <laughs> right. And it was like, not just like, uh, it was almost like sort of like a political statement as well, I feel like for us early on. Like being non, I mean, like being non-monogamous felt like a thing that we were doing, not just because of, uh, you know, desire or whatever lifestyle, but also like, you know, it was like a, like kind of a revolutionary thing to do or something. Mm -hmm. um, you it know. was transgressive. Yeah, I don't want to mm -hmm. be sound too grandiose, but it, it did. I think it added to that feeling of it being meaningful, right? Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. It it felt weird and new and novel and transgressive and a little taboo. And that yeah. was part of what made it really yeah. exciting. Yeah. And also sex, maybe sex was going to happen. So maybe the of sex. course that. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, and I, I want to be clear that the like addiction orientation was totally related to the little app icons and not at all related to actual sex that I was having. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was the very beginning. I'm kind of curious, Jessica, since we have you here and you're speaking to the role of resident non resident monogamist, what was your experience with the apps or like, you know, kind of mm. early experiences? Yeah. Yeah, was it fun for was you it fun like in that the beginning ever? ever? Yeah, it's funny. I um I, there are definitely ways that it was fun. Like I remember when I was first on OkCupid, it was like back before it had been bought by whoever Match.com or whoever. They are all owned by the same company now. I think we'll get to that later. But um, I was like really drawn to them because they would like do all of these data analytics and like look at uh -huh. you know correlations between you know certain questions and their you know, how good the match was mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and they would like publish blog posts about it. And I found it super interesting. Um, 
I realized that has like nothing to do with the actual like meeting people and dating. <laughs> I like really enjoyed that site for other reasons and notice I'm even calling it a website. This was like browser days yeah. before mm-hmm. I had a smartphone. Mm-hmm. But I like uh, <laughs> so it's, when, it's a great website. <laughs> a great website. <laughs> you like websites. Um, <laughs> but you know, I so I like really enjoyed the sort of like there were also gamification elements there, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that was really fun for me. Um the actual like meeting people and going on dates was like a mixed bag, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my very first literal actual first date that from someone I had met online, um, you know, it was just like, we went to a bar or restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just like very like straightforward. I think we went to the twilight exit. Mm. Um, and Still a classic place to take yeah, a person. Yeah, but this exit probably is, two locations. Was, yeah, 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 two yeah. locations ago, yeah. I believe. So, you know, and he was like bearded, wearing a flannel shirt, whatever, typical Seattle uh, lumberjack hipster type. Um, and I think everything was fine. It was like a little bit awkward because it's a first date. I went and like looked in the mirror after the date and saw that I had like a huge piece of spinach or something. Oh <laughs> in my, my God. Teeth. And like... I think that we actually hadn't eaten. We had like just drunk. So it definitely was from like before, like the entire time I had had something in my teeth. Mm. And I was just like, okay, so this is how it's going to (laughs) go. Wow. And that was the one that got away. Yeah. (laughs) Did you just like salute him on your way Uh out the front door? We were just Uh like, I mean, we never talked again, but like, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to go on another date with someone who wouldn't just like, I know it can be awkward. I know it can sometimes be very hard to tell people there's something in their teeth, but you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes ma- you don't know. Maybe you just think they're missing a tooth. Mm, this, is, I, this is turning into a very special episode of Mistakes <laughs> yeah. for Me about stuff being it's in people's like teeth. It's an important but, piece of etiquette. Yeah, hygiene. I know, I know, but whatever. Anyways, I think it was mutual. Um, this, yeah. this speaks... <laughs> it was mutual. <laughs> Between him and the spinach. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess, like, my bubble burst on the first date, too. It's like, mm-hmm. my arc was short because there was, like, all the potential in the world, all the chemistry of online, all of the interesting people, and people who would find me interesting. And then there was the first date, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> my bubble burst before I even got to the first date because I, like, started chatting with a person on t- a woman on Tinder and I was just like so excited that like this person was talking to me, but she was monogamous right. and like she was like still kind of down when I like told her that I was non-monogamous. And then she and I was like super excited and she like like a sent me <laughs> like a not even a like a naked picture, but a picture of like her in her bra or something. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this world? <laughs> It was just like, my mind was blown. Uh, Heaven is mine. Heaven is mine. (laughs) And I had like a probably a crazy overreaction to it. You were just like, ah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it was an actual gif of my eyes bulging out of my head. And then she, I remember her being like, oh, I'm glad you like it so much. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? And then like she canceled our date. You know, it was like we had a date planned, and then she was like, "I don't think I can do this. I don't want to date a married person." I was like devastated. Oh, yeah, wow. it was so sad. You're like, but but you showed me your bra. Yeah, right. How mm-hmm. could you? How could yeah. you do this? And to I me? tried to like negotiate. I tried to be like, 
you know, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like, we'll just like, whatever. Like I tried to make it be okay, which is like, I would never do try that and talk now. Like trying to talk now. somebody into something yeah. now, but didn't, didn't really understand how it worked. Oh boy. Hmm. Anyway. Yikes. Huh. So we all were disillusioned fairly quickly. Yeah. After going on the apps. Mm. I think concluding that it's still people on there, right? It is yes. still people. It, it turns out, again, to that statement, the raw humanity. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's true. But I do want to say that like what I said up top about it being a marvel of modern technology or something, I do stand by that statement to the, to the extent that like, I guess for anybody, but maybe especially for non-monogamous people, like just the fact yeah. that you can filter the people out there in the world like through yeah it's like i i feel like it's like really the only good thing that came out of the internet being invented on a long timeline is that like old statements like, don't yeah help. that's i'm saying it uh right in if you can think of anything else good that came out of the internet i will be very surprised like good things happened and then unhappened you know, and then unhappened and then you know an insurrection was caused or whatever um but like the fact that you can find people with common interests who like, like how else do you meet people? How did meet people, people meet people before? And there was that statistic in that um, Aziz Ansari book, Modern Love, he did a bunch of like background sociology research on dating. And it was like about how, you know, like 50 years ago, like what it was like 80 or 90% of people married somebody who lived in a, hmm. like a 10 block radius or something mm -hmm. because you just met him on the stoop. Or at the corner store or whatever. I don't know. I'm like, hit me up on the stoop or at the corner store. I, I don't know. Like, I, I understand that, especially for non-monogamous people, um, the ability to, like, signal that as, you know, yeah. your lifestyle orientation, whatever, is super important because it's not the norm. And also, as a queer person, I think the dating apps are really important in that way, too. I mean, there's always been gay bars and, like, queer spaces and stuff like that. But the opportunity to be able to, like date people and find the right people uh, is really important. I always think about those weird rumors that I don't know if they're true or not about how swingers used to indicate that they were swingers yeah. before the dating apps, like pineapples uh -huh. or those weird feather bushes. Yeah. Or like a barn star apparently is the thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like a red barn star. Yeah. So I definitely hear what you're saying. If you see any of these things outside people's houses, just knock on the door and try to get them to have sex with you. That's and ask them if they're feather bushes. DTF, that's what it means. They'll yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I get that. I also feel like this. I don't know where this factoid comes from, but I've heard it repeated a lot when people are talking about the difference between like arranged marriages and love matches to use mm -hmm. potentially like antiquated language uh -huh. and which is more successful mm -hmm. than the other. Right. And it's completely equal. Right. right? Mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah. the success of the relationships doesn't really have that much to do with the origin of the relationships. Yeah. Which I think is something that like is coming up for me here around the dating apps. There's like, or your mention of like the data potentiality of matching through data on OkCupid, that they, you could hack this in a way that would improve the quality of your relationships. Right. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. You might have just as good a luck with like, the person well, you meet at the store. And isn't that, I feel like the cynicism around it is partly born from that like paralysis of choice thing sure. where you yeah. don't, you know, you might meet somebody on the store at the corner store and you don't like you don't have 
90 other people or like an infinite yeah. feed of other people standing in line behind them at the corner store where you might be like, oh, looking around behind them, like, oh, but maybe that other person is right. better. Um, and so, you know, it just. They're it, not. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, totally. And the data part is interesting, too, because it does. I feel like that kind of like that idea. It's like. Especially in monogamy, you only need to meet one person. So, like right. the idea that there would be like this broad swath of data that would make you would allow you to find like exactly the right, yeah. you know, perfect people. You know, it's like you're gonna just find the one. I guess. Um, I was thinking about how like where did I start and thinking that everyone was interesting and that everyone would think I was interesting. Um, and where am I now? I think more in a place of struggling to not feel the exact opposite, that everyone, including myself, is very predictable. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I'm not, I don't want to stay there. That's, I hope that's not like my final conclusion about dating apps. But I do think that there is a kind of like natural arc towards disillusionment here. Um, because, you know, you're on there for two and a half years or however long we've been on there. And you just like, you notice the cliches, you notice like the same, the same patterns emerge the same sort of types over and over. And I say this full well knowing that I am a type, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But some of the cliches that I was thinking about that are all over the dating apps, um, here for a good time, not for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to read the next one? Casually looking for something serious. Mm. Just oh a country God. girl at heart. That one's my favorite. <laughs> I know my worth. I love to laugh. <laughs> if you want to know, just ask. I'm an open book. I'm looking for meaningful connections and hot sex. <laughs> and then there's always a lot of talk about how much people like sarcasm, banter, dad jokes, dad jokes puns. puns. Yeah. <laughs> Which are, I don't know, I don't want to sound like we're, um, you know, what's the word? Uh, Better than everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I was going to say. A couple uh, assholes acting like they're better than everyone. Yeah. What's the word where you hate everybody? Uh, misanthropes. Misanthropes, yeah. Mm-hmm. What? But maybe you spending enough time on dating apps will yeah. kind of make you a misanthrope. I definitely, I that's what I would say is we are not misanthropes. I mean. Yeah, that's true. We are people who love people. And like that is indicated in every corner of our lives. I think my heaviest critique of the apps is that that's a space where I feel like a misanthrope. Mm-hmm. Is it probably one space in my life where I feel that right. way? Right, because it's like this sort of like repeated yeah. presentation, like sort of shallow presentation of like people's attempts to make themselves seem appealing and yeah. like individual. And yeah. then like when you multiply that by a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, however many people you've like swiped on at this point, it starts to. You realize no one's a special snowflake. Yeah. We're just big piles of slushy, kind of dirty, gritty snow that has <laughs> melted a little bit and then frozen over a couple of times. All right, cut her mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, but that's like why those cliches are cliches, I guess, is just because it's the, the kinds of things that people say to to try to, I don't know, I guess like the the human experience is not so varied that when, you know, millions of people try mm-hmm. to sum themselves up, they don't land on the exact same phrases over and over again. It's not like there's anything wrong with those no. phrases necessarily. I've had some, I'm sure I've had versions of those in different versions yeah. of my profiles too. I'm not better right. than any yeah. of this, which is what makes it so awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like now, yeah, this there's something kind of existentially interesting about this to me. In other areas of my work, like as a therapist or as a journalist, as a writer, um, like as a person in the world, commonality, like the, the ways that we kind of like show up in theme or archetypes again and again, I find that really inspirational and interesting. I don't see that as inherently depressing mm-hmm. or discouraging. It's interesting to me that like in dating specifically, it feels that way or like in, you know, the way it shows up on the apps, it feels that You're way. saying that that people feel like stereotypes in that context, but they aren't actually in real life. I think what I'm saying is, you know, like as a therapist, as a journalist, as a writer, the idea that like we all are kind of familiar archetypes or variations on a theme or that like we aren't, we don't have to be like super unique and mm. special uh, in a siloed way. I like the ways that we're similar or the same things might show up for human beings, right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the material of a lot of my work. And so I'm curious, just I'm curious about myself, why it is that that showing up in dating feels so depressing. Yeah. By contrast, um, you know? Hmm. I don't know if I have an answer to that. What do you think, Jessica? I don't know. There is one, but. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it makes me like something that often comes up for me with the apps and dating is that it like, I feel like it puts us in this mindset where you think you can just sort of like select from a menu of options and dial up the person that you want to date. And then it's like, wait, just because this person like likes the same restaurants and music that I do they might still be a total asshole or like, I just might not like them at all. Um, So it's like, there is something mysterious about like chemistry Mm -hmm. between people, even if we are kind of these like archetypes, right? Yeah. And it's like, you can, they're maybe good for narrowing the pool, but they're not good for like, that doesn't just because the pool is narrowed. doesn't mean like the spark will be there. Right. Mm -hmm. And also maybe like, there is something to be said for interacting with people who like maybe wouldn't match up exactly. I mean, I think there's like, it's important that you you like have the same general interests in terms of what kind of relationship you want. That's probably like the number one thing, but like beyond that, you know, you don't want to be dating people who are just like you or people who are like, you know, interested in the exact same things as you necessarily. Especially now you sound in, like one of those guys who's telling me that I should try dating a cop. <laughs> you might learn something, Sarah. Open your mind. I mean, I was going to say that I have um, often, if not always, fallen in love with people whose musical taste I would like kind of disagree with, right? Um, Either right. strongly or a little mm. bit. Um, you know what? Your but, ex was right about Depeche Mode, though, I just want to oh, say. Oh, yeah. I know. I've come around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did we? Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's not the example I would necessarily give of (laughs) his terrible musical taste. Um, Or just like our, we didn't align on a lot of like taste things. But I do, you know, I think what is important is like that you have the same values. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, That, or you just like think the same things are important. Yeah. And that's like a much deeper than your sort of like stylistic choices. Although that's probably like important for some things to align. You can't find all of their aesthetics abhorrent, probably. (laughs) (laughs) But a certain percentage, it turns out, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so 
I'm wondering if we can take a step back though and talk a little bit about like the history of these apps, right? Like where did they come from? Who's terrible and great idea was this like what you know what is their arc if we've talked a little bit about ours what is the arc of the apps themselves yeah i know you've looked into this a little bit Alex. yeah i did a little bit of research and like um maybe less about the history but i think the history is very much like uh just what technology communication technology would allow like probably you know the first thing is porn and then a very close second is dating apps like when there's a new <laughs> new technological right. advance the ground yeah. is broken by uh you know a picture of a lady in her bloomers through that little viewfinder <laughs> on, on the boardwalk at coney island in 1853 or whatever uh my timing is way off there i did not research that um just winging winging that historical fact um but like so there was like you know there was like singles ads right that you would just like put an ad in the paper and that was like a bit we think when we were kids like there was like the stranger like i saw you as mm-hmm. another single ads um, and then there was like the video profiles like we were seeing up top when like that technology VCR technology was like available and suddenly like that was a thing that you could a way that you could use to meet people. Um, and of course, like matchmaking is like, you know, a thing that goes way back to, you know, who knows how long ago. The dawn of time. Yeah, the dawn of time. And then, uh, you know, with the Internet, there was new new ways to to like collect and filter data and like I feel like the biggest challenge probably is like getting a big enough pool of people like using whatever technology so that you feel like you're actually seeing as many of the options that are out there Mm -hmm. as possible. So in terms of like what uh, the kind of landscape looks like now, uh, I looked into like the the popularity of dating apps, like different dating apps and their different ones are popular in different countries, but in the US, Tinder and Bumble and Hinge are the top three most downloaded apps. Um, and interestingly, uh, two of those three are owned by the same company, like the match.com. What was match.com is now like Mm. the match group international and Mm. they own Tinder, Hinge, OkCupid, Plenty of Fish and 20 other dating apps. So it's like a big, huge conglomerate that has like more than half of the market. It's like a $2.4 billion company and $2.4 billion in revenue every year and there's 4.5 million people in the US on those that combination of apps uh, which is actually kind of like a surprisingly small number I thought hmm. I was like a little bit surprised that there weren't more um, just given you know how many people what, there's 350 million people in the US by now it's like a relatively small percentage of people mm. Yeah, that's interesting. You'd probably have to do some parsing of demographics there. Like, people who are dating age. Yeah, like half are not dating age, right? Of, like, the total population. What do you mean, not dating age? (laughs) Well. How old do you want them to be, you guys? No, yeah, some are kids. Some Some are are married uh, and monogamous. Some are whatever. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. old people on dating apps. Um, But still, like, not of a generation or demographic to be using them. Yeah. That number actually feels pretty big to me. Yeah. And I guess then the people who are in the quote unquote dating pool are like, uh, not always on them. They're like downloading them and deleting them and, right. um, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to look at like a 10 year over the course of 10 years, right? How right. many subscribers How many have people they had, had been on that? And that would maybe be a better 
like more reflective number. Yeah. But it's definitely a great big business that is Yeah, like, that's what I was going to say. That's what that number indicates to me is there's a lot of money to be made here. 4.5 million subscribers to anything equals dollar signs. Yes, and mm-hmm. there are definitely, uh, you know, these are companies that are there to make money. Um, and, you know, when they acquire another company, even if a new app starts as, uh, you know, with some kind of mission, by the time it's bought up by the big conglomerate, it's going to be all about money, right? That mission is going to be gone. Maybe some of the, like, like independent spirit that attracted the user base in the beginning is still going to, like, be there in terms of the brand. But, like, you know, probably they're just trying to use it to make money. And, like, the way... I definitely think that there are like probably some perverse incentives there as well that make them not work as well for us. Like it has to be appealing, it has to feel like it's working, but also if it was working, I mean, they say this with like nonprofits, but I feel like with dating apps too, if your dating app's too good, then your users are gonna meet somebody and not be on it, except I'm, for non-monogamous ones. Yeah, that's what I was right. thinking about because I think it's her, maybe it's her that has the slogan you know, we want you to be able to delete this app. Right. Mm. Like, find your match, delete the app. Uh-huh. Uh, which, again, speaks to the sort of monogamy is norm. Right. Baked into a lot of the apps. That's what Her does? I think it says Her that. is like a, um, like a queer women's dating app, right? Mm-hmm. No it is. I, it. I could have that slogan wrong for Her. Certainly one of the ones that I'm on. And yeah, I'm yeah. on Field, OkCupid, and Her. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it's probably that one. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least at some point they had that slogan. Do they, how do they make money? I, this is maybe just a sidebar that we don't need, but is it like, do they sell ads? Do they sell user data? Or is it like that people are paying to participate? People are paying. I mean, they probably sell user data and make some money that way. I don't think hardly any of them have ads anymore. Um, mm. It's mostly that people are paying for premium features and they mm. all have like different premium features, whether it's like getting your profile seen more um, mm. to, uh, more information, getting more information from the other users or obscuring your own information. So there's like Mm. premium features where you can like go incognito and not be seen or, um, you know, you can, you can see people, but not have people see you, or you can, um, change the location that you're swiping in and like be looking at people from another, like you can like go global and look at people from another area, anything that they Mm. can possibly come up with to monetize like as an extra, You know, it has to be appealing enough to get on there for free, but then, you know, they want to make you want to, like, boost your profile. And I think that's where it can get kind of sad because then the other thing that's going on is that I think most of them, the algorithms are trying to show you appealing people so that you feel like, oh, this is a place where there are attractive people. And so the people with the most popular like most swiped on profiles, for instance, on Tinder are going to get seen a ton. And so Mm. there's going to be like probably 10% of the users or even like 5% of the users who have just like thousands of likes. And then the other 95%, their profile is hardly getting seen at all. Privilege at privilege. And then Mm -hmm. you pay to get seen more. So it, I think it works out really well for them from a financial perspective, but it's oh, probably sure. pretty demoralizing from like a, you know, individual user perspective in some ways. Um, Ugh, typical. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. So just to make sure that I understand that correctly, the privilege baked into the apps is that folks who are willing to pay more get seen more, and it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle. Or no, who more are like these folks with the millions? People of who are hot, hot people. Oh, hot 
get seen more because if you first go on Tinder, your if your experience is seeing a bunch of hot people, you're like, oh, look, these are these hot people that I'm gonna right. be able to like meet and start a relationship with. But those people are overwhelmed by you're not gonna match with them because they're just their profile is being seen hundreds or thousands of times more than other people. Not to mention that they're objectively just hot. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be. There's also that. like kind of a, a fresh meat thing that happens mm. too. Like they show new people. So like when you first get on there, you're going to get like a sort of flurry of activity or interaction. Totally. That, a great hack time. is to like delete them for two right. months and then turn them back on mm-hmm. and then everybody will, the mm. sharks will circle. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And in terms of like, there is a lot of money to be made. Uh, so the other big company is Bumble, um, who uh, the CEO, Whitney Wolf heard is said to be the youngest self-made female billionaire in the world right now. Um, and she started at um, Tinder. She like worked, basically co-invented Tinder, worked in the lab that the like startup incubator that Match Group had where Tinder was invented. So it's like, you know, Tinder was sort of like a few years ago, like the upstart new app that I feel like the difference is really swiping. Like that's where swiping started, which I think is like kind of a shallower engagement. Like the older apps that you were talking about, Jessica, like there's more data there. There's more like description and there's more of this idea that like we can really like figure out who you are and you can really see who other people are. But also we're going to use like technology to kind of like connect you more with the right people. And Tinder, I feel like just kind of threw that all out the window and was like, this is more of a meat market. You're just like looking at yeah. people and making a snap judgment. You can even really read. We're going to be the trash their... heap of yeah. your, <laughs> but the, the romantic world. <laughs> but the trash heap like really paid off and became the most yes. popular. And now all of, of there's this like regression the to the mean where right. all of the apps are essentially like a version of Tinder now pretty much with mm-hmm. like a little spin. And the Bumble spin is that like women message first, which apparently makes it a quote unquote like feminist dating app. That's interesting. the idea. I'd be curious like what your experience has been on there if it feels like more I have never or something. been on Bumble. Oh, you've never been on Bumble? Um, because I, I will <laughs> because I hate messaging people. I was like, right. well, this is going to be a bad equation for me Ugh. because I am not motivated enough to message people. So that's not like, it doesn't work for me because I don't like it's so hard for me to like want to go on the apps and then once I'm there not to want to immediately close them because the humanity um, and then like actually be like okay I'm going to talk to someone um, I feel like the expectation that I would always message first would likely mean that I would just never open that app if I'm being honest mm-hmm. um, what do you think Jess? I hated Bumble um, I felt like it was also like the most people that were on there were just like very sort of like not people I was interested in. It's kind of square. Yeah, right? very square. When I, very, started, I almost did know, a profile and it seemed kind of square. Yeah, just all like golden retrievers and hiking and mm-hmm. et cetera. It's just mostly like, golden retrievers hiking. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love hiking, but I, uh, golden retrievers. Okay. I was going to say silent on golden retrievers. Uh, yikes. Well, and I don't want to like drag the youngest self-made female billionaire, Whitney Wolf heard, but like I like read some stuff about her and it's like, she's like 
you know, the sort of like feminist CEO icon, but then she like recently married Mr. Hearn, I can't remember his first name, is like a Texan oil heir. Did they meet on Bumble? <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, stake my not self-made or existent millions on the bet that they did not meet on yeah. Bumble. No, probably not. They probably met on The League. Which is like the elitist dating app. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I like, need to be on, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You're like an influencer, like is we it? were talking about last time. So you should really be on the league. You, I think you have to get a special invite, probably from Whitney Wolf Heard or somebody of that ilk. All right, Whitney. Yeah. Sup, girl. Yeah. If you're listening and we know you are, get us on the league. Yeah. Isn't it, the league is like brackets, literally, right? Or there was some app that was brackets. It's brackets, really? Yeah. Oh. And like you would have potential matches. You're not of the and you would choose from brackets. I don't know. Football show. <laughs> it was a crossover. No. Well, but there crazy. was also Raya. Since you guys are famous podcasters, I think that's the one that famous people are on. Oh, that. Okay. I think Ryan and Raya. the league are similar. Maybe. Maybe yeah. they're both. Uh, yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, so like that's all like uh the kind of big picture dating apps which you know 90 probably percent of the users at least are monogamous people yeah and then there's some like kind of more specialized ones that non-monogamous people prefer we did a little crowdsourced poll Mm -hmm. on instagram to find out who uh which apps our listeners thought were the best um or most useful for meeting other non-monogamous people. Yeah. Um, and Tinder was still uh, among the top vote getters, along with OkCupid. Um, and then there was also some votes for Field, which is uh, a, a non-monogamy-only kind of oriented ones one. Um, but just to talk about OkCupid for another second, I think the reason that that's popular. I told somebody recently who was new to non-monogamy about like that I used OkCupid, and they were like. <gasps> That still exists. Oh, <laughs> like, interesting. Like people, okay. regular people don't use it, I don't think, very hmm. much anymore. I think it's like kind of passe. But because it lets you indicate your uh, orientation in yeah. terms of monogamy, non-monogamy, open to either, you know, some other stuff. There's a lot of options for, like, your profile, and then they're only going to match you with people who are non-monogamous um, or who, you know, are okay with that. Right. Uh, it makes it a much higher percentage of people that you need to swipe on. Whereas on Tinder, there's no way to do that kind of filtering. So you just have to kind of like dig through and, and find the people. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess Tinder's just everybody's favorite because it's got the most name recognition. There will be the most people there. It feels like it may be like not a particularly cool nightclub, but it's the one that everybody always goes to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think people kind of hate it. Like, a lot of people... I said nightclub. Night- <laughs> a, dis- a discotheque. A discotheque. The inevitable discotheque that everyone in town congregates at. Bar. <laughs> yeah, people just drag, like, a, a, most, like, women's Tinder profiles. Not most, but a, many of them are just, like, I roll, I'm on Tinder. And then the other thing that I've noticed about it is, like, most, a lot of people say... You know, something like, I know this is Tinder, but I'm not just looking for hookups, yeah. which I think maybe mm-hmm. that was like the the kind of cliche initially that it was like, yeah. you know, a sort of more meat markety app that I don't think it's like that at all anymore. And I don't know if that was like a moment in time where more people were doing that when it started like 10 years ago or what, but... I kind of think it was just like when swiping was an innovation, it just like made it sort of inherently a little more shallow than the other stuff right. that was out there. I think that's how it got its reputation. 
And then just because it was like better, it was like an app first, not right. a website first. Like all of the uh, other ones yeah. were websites. Yeah. So it probably attracted younger demographics as a result too, which mm-hmm. probably had something to do with it feeling more like a hookup yeah. vibe mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. My favorite, I think my favorite app for non-monogamy is actually Field, mm. even mm-hmm. though it's so awful in so many ways, <laughs> which I will get well, to in a moment. Let's talk about the good things first, yeah. though, about Field, mm-hmm. um, because I do think it's cool that, you know, it's a, an app that was invented specifically to cater to, like, non-traditional relationship types yeah. and specifically non-monogamy. Um, and it was invented by a Bulgarian couple. Love that it. were in London um, and were, like, trying to meet, you know, people to date non-monogamously and and so like they basically were like we need a new app for this i think that's what i like about it so you know one of the things we've talked about a ton on this podcast and you and i talk about a lot alex in general is even when you're dating non-monogamously non-monogamously the scripts are so entrenched like just Mm. the scripts of like how you date especially like if you're dating like, if you're a, a woman dating men, which, you know, I'm a queer woman who dates men sometimes. It's like, you just, uh, when we talk about, like, those patterns, it's like, the first messages always sound the same. And the, like, the way you build, like, flirty tension always sounds the same. And there's, like, this <laughs> <laughs> fucking, so fucking boring. I'm sorry. Um, and it depresses me. It's just, like, I've I know what this feels like this is very familiar i know how this goes and i think also kind of baked into it sometimes will be that sort of escalatory not super creative vibe Mm -hmm. Um, explain what you mean by escalatory just so like people know just like i know what you mean (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that you're looking for someone where you're gonna like have enough chemistry or interest in each other that you're going to get on this, like build a relationship ride. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be one that like escalates in its intensity and commitment at kind of regular intervals. Right. Um, And I think, you know, there's obviously lots of different ways to be non-monogamous for me. That's just something that I'm very, Hmm. I think to frame it more positively, non-monogamy is exciting and interesting to me because it's this potential language and tool to build relationships outside of some of those scripts, outside of some of those norms, outside of the escalator. Um, And so I'm always looking for other like-minded people who also want to engage in that kind of experiment with Mm me. Um, And I don't say this like flippantly. I know that it's really complicated and sometimes the scripts are fun and I think that too. Uh, But there's just a way that I kind of want to know out the gate. Are you someone who wants to like play around with what relationships can look like, who's up for, you know, us making something different, for this sounding or feeling different or not. And I think I like Field because inherently the folks on there are looking for something other than a standard kind of looking relationship. Right. It is interesting that like it's a a narrow user base of people who are looking for virtually anything except for monogamy <laughs> like right. it's like all it's not like it's specifically for and i think maybe what you're you're kind of um saying is also or like what's behind what you're saying is that uh we are a specific subset of even non-monogamous sure. people like there's yeah. the vast majority of people who just like have a probably a sort of default 
orientation toward monogamy or like that's what they want. And then they're, you know, I think that's becoming less prevalent as I see on apps, more people saying I'm monogamous and like feeling like they need to say it because it's not assumed. assumed, But then inside of the non-monogamous people, there are like definitely people who are looking for to like build a primary partnership or, you know, um, or to swing and swing, yeah, you know, um, or yeah, have different orientations inside non-monogamy. Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And like, so us being, you know, people who already have a primary partnership and are like looking for other relationships outside of that, that are probably not going to like escalate beyond a certain point or, you know, are on some less escalatory. It's like more of a moving sidewalk kind of. (laughs) It's like a moving sidewalk that is really slow and needs frequent repairs. Right. And the destination is an airport terminal. (laughs) I told you that I have really interesting ideas for dates. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, but you could see how that would, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm saying I can see how the escalator script shows up even in those apps yeah. too, because that is what some people want, mm-hmm. um, and maybe it's even like kind of instinctual in some ways. And to be fair, I'm not judging those folks. I'm still interested in having conversations with those folks. I'm interested in people who want to have conversations about what relationships can be. Yeah. You know, instead of folks where it's they're not as interested in that, or there's more just like the air we breathe, the water we swim in. Feel. And I- I do think that no matter what happens, no matter how intentional you try to be with like the people that you're dating or, you know, where you're looking for people to date, it's very common for the destination to like eat the, to like override the the journey. Like it's, it's so hard to like keep yourself grounded in what I'm trying to do is like have X, Y, Z experience or build XYZ relationship. Um, but we're, we're like conditioned to be so end goal mm-hmm. oriented that, you know, it's easy to just like forget like what was even the point in the first place. Yeah. And I, you were talking about gamification with apps. I think there's like a kind of gamification that happens with dating too. And I don't know what came first or how the apps might influence that or how the scripts of monogamy might but that's also a feeling that just, I don't always love this idea that you're like trying to win somehow at mm-hmm. dating um, or trying to win at this like interaction or relationship. And I just don't, I, I don't even understand what we're winning. You know, mm-hmm. I just feel like I lose, the center doesn't hold for me very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes the apps just feel like that. Right. Where, where people are like, there's almost something kind of like, competitive or more competitive than collaborative in the spirit of it somehow. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else but me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, and it kind of, I don't know if we're ready to go here yet, but it makes me think about profiles. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a funny story, which is that I was like, well, well, I don't know. You decide if it's funny or not. But <laughs> <laughs> funny slash tear jerking story. <laughs> no, just so I was like first on the apps from like oh seven to two thousand eleven, and then I was off them for like five years, and then I went back on, um, and it's like really alarming. It was really alarming that like so OkCupid okay, specifically. You know, I had deleted the app or whatever, but I guess I didn't like delete my account 
or I don't know, they had saved it. So I just like logged back in and then was confronted with like the profile that I had written about <gasps> myself, oh, you know, wow. five years before when I was a completely different person. Yeah. Um, and that was just like horrifying and like, you know, and it half felt like very true and it half felt like, oh my God, I would never. <laughs> mm. What specifics um, do you remember about yeah, that? I can't, it. I do remember, I like, I think that I like kept a copy of it. I should find it. If I find it, maybe we'll post it or something like that. But I really can't. I mean, I can't remember now anything about what any of my dating profiles have said, I suppose. When I got married, I just deleted it all from my brain. I, mm-hmm. I was going to say, or it's an indication of unresolved trauma. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I remember like, so I remember that about going back on OkCupid. And then I also remember like, you know, logging in and like the first sort of like rows of a few profiles popped up. Again, we're still on the website here. So I could see like, I don't know, a dozen profiles. And I remember being like, oh my God, that guy, that guy, that guy. Like there were familiar faces, mm-hmm. even though it had, fi- you know, it had that been you five years. Five years? Wow. Yeah. I mean, and not necessarily people that like I had even matched with or gone on dates mm. with or whatever but it was just like okay Cupid thought we were like a really high match oh. you know and yeah and they still had the same picture up five years later hmm. that's very interesting it was weird wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so profiles. profiles profiles let's talk about them well before we talk about our profiles because you know they're amazing they're amazing. <laughs> um, they started off perfect, and they've just been getting more perfect. Yeah, the best of course, profiles on the internet. Um, they're very stable genius profiles. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're so hot. But uh, I wanted to do a little back and forth about Field and how it's also such a ridiculous app. Because I was saying that this was like my favorite app, and so one of my friends, who's non-monogamous and queer, was like, "All right, you just keep saying this. I'm going to go on it," and then. Last night at 11.30, a text message comes through from her, and she's like, oh, my God, I just got on field, and I can't even. Sarah, this is too much. And before- <laughs> what did she like about it? Well, before I could even open to respond, she was like, I mean, how are all of these people into Shabari? That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> what Which, yeah. is Shabari? Shabari is, I, I'm no expert, but based on my time on field, I have mm. come to learn that it's like a... a a kind of... Mm, ja- I believe it's a Japanese rope play. Erotic right. Japanese rope play? Erotic right, Japanese right, rope right. play. Yeah. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does seem to be a heavy trend on field yeah. right now. Yeah. Heavy. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, this is, uh, you know, somebody's really making money on the Shibari workshops in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's <laughs> like mer- like merch. Like you have to get special Shibari ropes and stuff uh-huh. like that. You're not yeah. using any ass rope. Not just any the hardware rope. store. Yeah, I actually yeah. also know this because of my work with the non-monogamous community as a therapist, mm. too. So I know a little bit about yeah. that through that. So uh, a lot of people are into Shibari. What else was her? Uh... <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know Field has like a little bit of that. It can feel like a little corny in the whole like... Oh we're sexy, sexual people out here doing sexy, sexual things, you know? Mm-hmm. It has, like, a bit of that corny vibe sometimes. Um, and so I was joking. I was like, yes, my Libra moon is very offended by the aesthetics of field. And then I was like, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And that's what the app her sounds like. <laughs> so they all definitely have a vibe, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. They, and they have, like, a feeling. 
um, right. and like a kind of aesthetic to them. Yeah. Sure. I really also feel it is like very technically dysfunctional. Like it, it just is. crashes all the time yeah. and like it never really works well. <laughs> and I feel like that's just like adds to the whole vibe that it's Mystique. like, yeah, it's like this great idea. <laughs> That's sort of poorly executed. Now I'm just imagining that it's all being run through this Bulgarian couple's yeah. apartment in London. And it's just like constantly uh-huh. crashing and they're trying to like fix There's just the wires lights. everywhere <laughs> coming <laughs> out exactly. and smoke coming out of the servers and stuff. I think it's like actually pretty big now. And actually when I looked at the, the stats, uh, so Bumble, Tinder are kind of like number one and number two and like switching back and forth and then Hinge. And then uh, OkCupid is number four and Field is number six for most downloads. So I think it's really on trend. This was, there's only data available for Android users, not for iPhone users. And we are weirdos, so probably most Android (laughs) users are not or something. Um, I think Apple just doesn't release the data for app downloads in the same way that Android, the Google Play Store does or whatever. But anyway, it is a very popular app. Like, um, there are a lot of people on there, and I think it's a pretty big operation, but I don't think it's been, like, sold so it hasn't sold out yet. It's still owned by those Bulgarians. And it was like, first mm. the husband was the CEO and now the wife is the CEO. And hmm. I'm sure there's terrible things about them that you could find out if you dug them up. But <laughs> they seem cool to me. Yeah, but we digress because yeah. we are embarrassed to share with people our actual profiles. What did they look like on day one? What did they look like a year in? What do they look like now? Yeah. And like, how does that... How, do, how does one create a perfect non-monogamous <laughs> online dating profile. We're going to tell you in 10 easy steps. No, we're not. We're going to tell you what not to do. Um, yeah, I think when we first got onto dating apps, I mean, I was just like, like I said up top, like so excited that like this was like a thing to do, but then like that, that thing that I could do and then like immediately terror set in and like, oh, I need to like figure out how to describe myself in you know, whatever on Tinder, it's like very few characters. I can't remember what the character count is, but it's not very much. I was always like in my early profiles, I was always just like up against the character <laughs> count, like, <laughs> trying to like fit all of this really important information about me. Um, that was like, I think, I think in retrospect, I was really had a mindset that I was going to try to appeal to like everybody you know? Yeah. So I was just like, I'll just say all of this stuff, say many things that will somehow all allow me to appeal to many people. Right. All of which was under the complete delusion that anybody was actually reading the text (laughs) in your profile too, which I don't think. My profiles now are like a hundred words long and I still go on dates with people where they're like, wait, what do you do again? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, my profile is two sentences long and it says what I do. Yeah. (laughs) One of those sentences. Yeah. They didn't read it. No. (laughs) They just looked at the pictures. Yes. Um, What about you? What were your, your, what was your first uh, dating profile like after when we got on them after they were... After everybody else had been using them for 20 plus years. Right. I I think mine, like I was saying earlier, I'm like, I'm so interested in you and I'm so interesting and I'm up for anything, literally anything. Let's do it. Let's Mm -hmm. do it together. And then, yeah, yeah, no. I I didn't want to do any of it. Shooting for mass appeal. (laughs) Yeah, I was shooting for mass appeal and and mass appeal and hyper enthusiasm. Yeah. I Mm. think. Uh Yeah. And then I think there's also like a lot of... um, you know, uh, 
I, I think I did a lot of refining of mine early on. Like if I like didn't feel like I was being successful, then I would be like, maybe I just need to change what this says <laughs> to something different. And like, you know, the, the other like kind of shitty thing about dating apps is like, it's a black box, like whether what other people are thinking, obviously, right. and like what the app algorithm is doing with your profile also is right. like all very opaque. Like you have no idea. You know, yeah. um, until you, except for with the, maybe the people that you go on dates with and like actually dig in and talk about your profile. But I've had people like who I was dating, like look at my profile later and be like, why do you have that picture of you? Like you look shitty. And <laughs> you're like way better looking than that picture. And I'm like, what? Wow. Like I didn't. That sounds like a super nice person and yeah, a really fun date. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, babe. Uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe that, maybe those terms were harsher, but like. It's like you don't know mm. how you look to other people, I guess, is my yeah, point. Yeah, I'd say um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how shitty you look to other people, even people that like you. Yikes. Uh, have fun out there, everyone. Uh, yeah, and then I, my second phase of the profile was what I might call the, hi, everyone, I just finished PolySecure phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this phase of my profile was just... Basically a word salad about non-monogamy. It was mm-hmm. like, uh, metamors, E&M, C&M, relationship, anarchy, hierarchies, limerence, compersion. I am non-monogamous and uh-huh. I know everything about it and I'm doing it right. That, that, that was the sophomoric phase of my dating yeah. profiles, I would say. Sophomore. <laughs> yeah. And you definitely see a lot of profiles like that um, still, especially on, on field. And you, I feel like that's usually like... Uh, like kind of red flag or not, maybe not a red flag, but like a, a, it points out that the people are probably kind of new to it because I think we always do this thing of like wanting to seem more like if you're an outsider or just becoming an insider to a thing, you want to like really show that you're overcompensating. Like, you're overcompensating. Mm, yeah, sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but. What did your sophomoric phase look like? I mean, probably similar. Like, yeah, a lot of like, uh, yeah, a lot of like, um, probably really reactionary too. Like you have some experiences and then you're like, oh, here's what I, what I now know that I don't want. And so I'm going to like put a really fine point on that Mm. in my profile or like, you know, maybe you've learned a little bit about like what you like and what you don't like and learned some like jargon around that. And so, yeah, I probably, um, said a lot of stuff about like I've like you know I'd like learned some high minded things about consent so I was probably like virtue signaling <laughs> with that and, yeah yeah hmm. and now and now here we are and now like you were saying I feel like our current profiles are just like very uh, short and direct and sort of like uh, written with the knowledge that they're not actually getting read and that no like pomp and circumstance is going to actually alter the outcomes that much. I'm like, here are three facts about me. Here is a one sentence description of what I'm looking for. Okay. Peace. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Should we torture ourselves and like actually read our profiles? Oh my God. Need to hear. Need to hear. I have a lot of profiles. I would just like to state that personally, when I was on the apps, I always read 
every word of every profile. You did not. I most Are certainly you did. absolutely believe that. One hundred percent. Like I absolutely believe that. I mean, I would look at people's pictures, but like you would reading, see, you would see a picture of a person who you were not attracted to and read their whole oh, profile. Oh no 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 no. Okay. No no no. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> but anyone's like, like, I'm not a psychopath. Come yeah. on. Right. No, Mother but like Teresa. anyone that I was like potentially gonna talk to yeah. or was in conversation with. Or, like, considering whether or not to match with a person. You know, sure, the pictures were maybe some, you know, the first gate. But. Let's see. What do we have here? Do, do, do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Which- Already I'm like, oh, this is actually, like, four sentences. That's way too long. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> well, which one are you? Which app are you? This is on OkCupid. Okay. Writer and therapist, lover of stories and curious about pretty much everything. Let's swap books, talk revolution, there's that ACAB, and exchange weird questions. I'm non-monogamous, a mom, and married to a man. I'm looking for people I might see a few times a month for sweet dates and little adventures that offer a break from a life full of caregiving. Let's be vulnerable, have boundaries, and make each other feel fascinating and sexy. LOL, that's what dating a therapist sounds like. Oh, that's good. Swipe right. Yeah, totally. Thanks, guys. I'm into it. Wow, she sounds awesome. Maybe we should be best friends. You want friends. to start a podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. My OKCupid okay says... Oh, boy. Non-monog for two years now. I'm from Seattle originally, traveled a bunch, and settled down here again. I was a journalist, so I ask lots of questions, but I'm less broke now. Yay. I'm looking for fun dates, people who want to beat me at tennis and flirting, or just skills, share skills that will help me survive the apocalypse. It goes on and on. This is like, I think, older and longer, and I haven't. And then it says that I'm a feminist, anti-racist, abolitionist who is trying to live up to those words every day. Oh, I remember when you wrote that. This is more in your sophomore phase. Yeah, this is my sophomore phase. Yeah, yeah I remember. I just changed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <sighs> God, I'm such an um, no, you're wonderful. <laughs> so sweet. Are you kidding me? You're so yeah. sweet. It's nice to say that stuff. Yeah, but now I think I changed a few a while ago. I like got kind of fed up or whatever, and um, just like made it really short. And like I think my Bumble profile says like, let's see, it says I'm looking for a non-monogamous revolutionary witch with cool tats. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she sounds yeah. Who is it? At some point I was like, oh, well, I should just say what I want and just think of the idealized person who I want to meet. And then I manifested that in words. And Too bad Sarah's not on Bumble. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. We would totally match there. Say, it should say, I'm just looking for another non-monogamous <laughs> witch with cool tats. I'm realizing we have got to start our own dating app for everyone out there who's looking for a non-monogamous yeah. witch. It should be called The Coven. Cool tats. Oh, the coven. The coven. This is another but it's million dollar C-O-V-N. idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You heard it here first, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're accepting uh, seed funding, angel investors, and people who know how to build apps. Yes. So yeah. basically, we'll hire the devs. It's no problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Anyone who has any skills beyond just coming up with a very brief pitch and a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so there are apps, or do you have any other profiles you want to share? I mean, I have the same. I wrote it's that. It's the same thing. I wrote that probably like four or five months ago and just mm-hmm. put it on all three okay. that I'm on, and I'm doing 
so-so with it, I would say. <laughs> I was going to say, who's the communications professional now? Uh, yeah. That's consistent branding. Yeah, you got to have yeah. consistent branding. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I should. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're I'm, I'm A-B testing. Yeah. Exactly. Is that what you going to say? <laughs> Nerds. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Uh, what do we think about all this? Hmm... I mean, I think where I'm trying to land on this is that it is like, (laughs) it's like a wild and sweet endeavor, this like dating and being on dating apps and like everything. There's all of that humanity and there's all that potential for being disillusioned and there's all that feeling that like, oh my God, I'm just like another slushy snow pile among many slushy (laughs) snow piles. But what I'm trying to cultivate out of this is like, that's what makes it beautiful, right? Mm. It's actually fun and interesting because it encompasses all this humanity because it's constantly pointing out like that we have all of these struggles in common and we're trying to transcend them and maybe doing that for a brief moment. And then we're just back here in that, in that dating app mud with everybody mm, else. Mm-hmm. And and it may suck, but at least we have a lot of company. Which you know what? Yeah. Well, that, and that could be the slogan for Coven. It may suck, but at least we have a lot of company. Mm, That'll be our yeah. tagline. Yeah. This is just getting better and better. <laughs> just acknowledge that it sucks up front. That's a great way to, to pitch a, pro- a product. Um, but also maybe every once in a while you like meet one of those corner store people. Yeah. Oh, there's a totally another app that could be called Corner Store. Corner Store. Or yeah. The Stoop. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you can both meet people who you want to date and get, like, junk food delivered. Mm. <laughs> Buy people you want to date. Ooh. I love it. Then you get to, like, see the vibes very briefly while they bring you some Cheetos, and then off they go. Yeah. And at least you get a bag of Cheetos. Yeah. Did it? <laughs> That's the slogan for that one. <laughs> At least you get a bag. Miranda July invented an app that was kind of like that, where it was like you could sign up to like run a random errand for a random person, and maybe and fall in love. I, well, maybe it didn't have any like <laughs> official dating. I feel like, like intention. According to it was just weirdo. That's the best way to stuff. fall in love. Yeah, is like run into somebody on your bicycle, N- knock or, some books out of their arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. or deliver them. You know, a bag of Cheetos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's some like good advice baked in here. Maybe if we want to get advicey for a minute, I think we should talk about like the kind of like core mistakes, but also I think I did did do some research into like, you know, advice for writing a non non monogamous dating profile. And this like shows up every once in a while on Reddit threads. Like people will like be like, here's my field profile. Mm -hmm. What do you think of it? Um, And I feel like the main thing that comes up over and over again, and this is definitely a mistake I made up top uh, is just um, putting very clearly what kind of relationship you're looking for or that you're non monogamous um, because uh, people don't read that. And you might as well have that conversation uh, you should have that conversation like really early on. Right. Um, and sometimes people are like, should I tell people like on the first date or whatever? No, nobody wants to go on a date with somebody and no. then find out that they have a completely different relationship orientation than, than they do. Totally. Um, and really you want to just like weed out and on a, on a sort of mass mainstream app like Tinder, you don't want, it should be the first thing in your bio basically so that 
you don't have people basically just like wasting your time and then they get really frustrated with all the non-monogamous people that they're running into and then they hate us. Yeah. And that's not good for our general brand and reputation. It isn't. We need brand consistency yeah. as non-monogamous mm-hmm. yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would say my big picture mistake was probably trying to turn every connection into something that could or would work. Mm. Um, I think just thinking like, oh, if there's something interesting here or there's some connection here, even if like other vibes are off or the things that we're looking for might be off, like I should work really hard to try and find out how to make it work. Um, that was right. showed up in the way that I did dating apps and messaging and just dating in general. Um, right, because maybe you think going in, if you connect with somebody in that space, it's the same as connecting with somebody out in the real world. Right. So, like, you should value it in the same mm, way you right. would. But clearly, it's it's not the same. It's not the same at all. And so just kind of letting things that just don't feel exciting or aren't interesting or don't have the right vibe or don't line up, just let them pass you by. Yeah. Um, and focus energy on things that really feel like there might be something there. Uh I guess the other thing I would say, although I'm kind of of two minds about this because I'm not sure that it works out too well for me, for those of us who don't love being on the apps or messaging or talking on the apps a lot, one thing that has relieved some of that anxiety for me is if I do find someone where I think there's a connection or potential for a first date is I'll say pretty quickly, like, hey, I feel like we have enough material for at least a drink's worth of conversation. Uh, I'm not on the apps and chatting very often, but if you're interested in that, let's give it a shot. And I do that earlier mm-hmm. rather than later. And I think that that, I don't know, for whatever reason, that makes me feel a little bit more in control and a little bit less like I have to hold my nose and like go spend a bunch of time on the apps to ever find me. Right. Is it getting me dates? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's such a weird thing to do that they probably think that you're gonna rob them when they show <laughs> up. Like, this is a scam. <laughs> I'll be hiding in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like that's a very common thing to say. Right? Yeah. Okay. No, I think I think a lot of people want that. I think a lot of people are afraid to say it or there's like a they're trying to like build trust mm, um, inside of the dating app context before they want to like actually commit to you know, meeting in person or even exchanging. I kind of and I'm this is like I'll leave this to the listeners, like tell us what you think about this. Maybe this is just my experience, maybe it's not connected at all. I do kind of get the sense that maybe dudes don't like that very much. Hmm. That like, you know, I feel like dudes are always like, I like assertive women who know what they want or make the first move or whatever. But I feel like I've had they don't less actually. success with saying to a dude, and they'll be like messaging a ton. And I'm like, I can't read like hmm. two feet of messages on the apps, but it seems like we have a lot in common. Why don't you text me and we could go get a drink. Hmm. And I feel like very rarely that do the dudes do that. Interesting. And and it's more like most of the dates I go on, it requires that the dude asks me out. Hmm. Right. Maybe a feature of the Coven app should be that it uh, your connections just disappear after like a week or something <gasps> like that. So yes. you have to have decided that you want to exchange numbers or like actually. I love uh, that. Like build in that kind of yeah. urgency mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I like or that. even have a character limit. Like you can exchange mm. 5,000 <gasps> characters. Ooh, that's so wow. smart. That's it. <laughs> I like love the copy ideas. editors would, are just going to slay. On yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Because there's just like so much energy that I have for any one connection to see where it might go to. And mm-hmm. otherwise it's just like, I'll lose patience or I'll just like not go on there for like a week and a half and then kind of, the thread has disappeared. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. great. You're like the next 
Whitney Wolf heard. So. <laughs> <laughs> Next, self-made millionaire. Yeah. Where is my oil baron husband? <laughs> Where is he? Uh-oh. He's really on field. He on field. He's already married to somebody else. But, um, yeah, I think for me, in terms of like mistakes early on, like I was like I was saying, but like to just dig a little deeper on it, like their apps are designed to be sort of like to 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 work, play on your you know sort of basest instincts and impulses um and so they can kind of like turn into a game or it can feel like a game um and i definitely like got can easily still get lost in that game and like the rewards of like getting matches and stuff like that um and that actually has nothing to do with like meeting people who you like or who you connect with um but it can be very uh I mean, like, not even saying that it's necessarily, like, hurtful to other people, uh, but it's, like, hurtful to yourself to, like, have a bunch of yourself, your feeling of self-worth from, like, day to day and hour to hour be tied up in what's happening on mm. a dating app. And like, what a bunch of strangers think about you. Yeah. Which is ultimately who all of these people are. Yeah. They're just random strangers. So it's definitely, like, I wouldn't, if I had it to do it again, I would try not to do that to myself. Yeah. Because um, it can be fun, but it also can be like a bummer. And what's really, what's really happening in the in the real world and your actual existence is not. It's not a reflection of that. Yeah, yeah. I think that all of your photos on all of your profiles are super cute. Just for the record, to to whatever person said <laughs> that your profile photos don't reflect how cute you are in real life. Shots fired. <laughs> well, that's because I deleted the apps. Oh. <laughs> Um, the apps. See you, see you on the apps. See you on the apps, everybody. <laughs> you know where to find me. I've only said it like 15 times. <laughs> you have to swipe for a long time before you find us, though, really. <laughs> Get out we'll there. See. You better start now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Mistakes Were Made. Uh, if you heard anything on this pod if you have anything to say about what we said because i feel like the more than any other episode in the past we probably said more wrong shit on oh, this one or like shit, shit that other people aren't yeah. going to agree with so i want to hear about it uh, definitely we also like i think erased a bunch of like just skipped over a bunch of stuff about like how apps were invented and like the we just passed over how like i think grinder kind of like the queers on grinder actually invented how a lot of the shit works right. um and, and also away like, yet again the queer app experience which is I think distinct different and uh, definitely an experience of its own that's yeah. probably its own episode yeah and other pieces of advice that we you think are good for for other listeners um, we'd love to hear them you can find us on Instagram at mistakescast and we will be back in two weeks with another episode see y'all then thanks everybody bye <laughs>